0: You're an all-star, get your game on, go play, hey now, you're a rock star, get the show on, get paid, and all that glitters is gold, only shooting stars break the mold. Welcome to another episode of the NRL Supercoach All-Stars Podcast, this is Barnsley, and here for Market and TLT, we haven't had Billy the Beast for a few weeks now. How you been going, Billy?
1: Billy hasn't been a beast, mate, but it's good to be back.
0: <laughs> How's the super coach been treating you the last few weeks since we last spoke?
1: Eighty percent of the players going really good; the other twenty percent, not so good.
0: Yeah, I think a few of us are in the same boat. I've actually been—I've um, been doing the opposite. I think um, when I last spoke to you, I was dying. The initial stage of this season was killing me. In the last couple of weeks, I've actually started to come a little bit good. So maybe I'm up yeah. on the upswing, but you know. All the injuries and stuff make yeah. it very interesting.
1: Yeah, has a way of doing it, doesn't it? I, uh, I turned around with uh, Captain Arrow and backed it up with Cap- Captain Arrow, so <laughs> rocks and diamonds, <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs>
0: mate. I think that you jumped onto one of the forums uh, when I said to someone else, "Don't, don't you dare consider captaining Arrow yet." And you, and you were all over it, and you were happy to captain him. I didn't expect you to go through with it, though. You actually captained him on the weekend.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, no brainer. No I don't have Gerbo and you got to remember, he's gone from starting prop to number 13, so his minimums have increased from 50 to 60. So he was guaranteed to score the minimums of 60, 65 points doing nothing. It's just, just didn't foresee the injury, that's all.
0: Well, uh, not to rub salt in, mate, but I went Captain Maloney, so I was pretty stoked with that one on the weekend.
1: Yeah, I saw your comments in three or four minutes. I didn't miss it, mate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good stuff. Well, let's get stuck into market watch, Billy. Yep. So the first one that we'll talk about at INS first. And there's one guy that really sticks out like a sore thumb. He is the most traded in player by a mile. Riley Jacks at the storm. At the moment, twenty one percent as a leader in traded in out of all players. The next best guy is at ten point four percent. So Riley Jacks is double the second most popular trade-in of the week so far. I can see why. He's got minus 58 BE coming into this round. He scored 69 points on the weekend, and his only other game was round one where he scored 71 points. So he's looking the goods at 258K as a cash cow. I'm going to lead off this conversation on Riley by saying I can't get him. And I really want to, because it's going to be guaranteed cash. But um, I went to stack the halves pretty quickly. As soon as I could dump Lachlan Croker, I got a fourth half in that I wanted to keep a while. So James Maloney, you're our captain in the, on the weekend, I brought in a couple of weeks back. And I've currently got Maloney, Jonathan Thurston, DCE, and also Milford. And I don't want to give up on any of those guys, particularly at the moment. So I actually don't have any room for Riley Jacks, which is a little bit disappointing are you bringing him in this week, Billy? How are you feeling about Mr. Jax?
1: Yeah, I'm bringing him in, but only because I was clever oh, I was clever enough to hold off on JT last week, just in case he, um, he didn't pick his act up and Jax had a decent score, so just glad I held off there. So making um, Croco to Jax instead of Croco to JT this week. But... Um, He he does look a bit of a different player this year. Hey, I think his numbers last year, he scored pretty much 30s and 35s uh, all last year when he was playing 80 minutes. But I think Adam rightly pointed the other day that it was all playing second field or crook. Now that he's got Munster as a running half, he's having a bit more of a crack with the ball, so a lot more scoring opportunities. So happy to go in and have a punt at 60 or 70 points here and
0: there. Yeah, it's an interesting one. You basically can't go wrong. You're going to get you're going to get money out of it, and you're going to get money really quickly. I mean, you should be able to score a hundred grand plus week one of trading him in straight away. The couple of little caveats I will throw in there, though, even though I think he's a good trade in, the Storms draw the next few weeks isn't the best. The Broncos at SunCorp, the Warriors at home, who have a really good record over at Amy Park, I believe, and then the Dragons away. So the next few weeks isn't great for scoring for the Storm. And on top of that I've been having a little bit of a mini debate with a few of the guys around the traps about how long it's going to take for Brody Croft to get his spot back so I tend to think I tend to agree with the masses that Riley will keep the spot for a couple of weeks and it's going to be the Jack show for at least the next two weeks but then maybe he is under a bit of pressure I guess it depends yeah. for me like the storm sort of always said that Brody Croft was the future and he was anointed the next cronk a year before Cronk finished so I just don't see Cronk uh, I mean, sorry, Croft staying out of the team for that long.
1: Yeah, you don't need him to stay out for that long, but just to put it this way: they're playing; they are playing in, in Brisbane, but the the pack is pretty much depleted at the moment, so um, teams have been going through them. So don't exactly write the Storm off there. Warriors do have a good record in Melbourne, but I think that was up until last year. I think the Storm actually got one back on them. So the fact that the um, Storm had lost to to the Tigers and they got an absolute revving and sort of came back into form last week, I reckon they're sort of um, good to go for at least two or three weeks. And the fact that they've got a winning combination now, I can't see Bellamy sort of change in in the short term. But the really, really quick flip side to that is if you can't afford Jacks, i don't, no point rushing him in just for that. I mean, Kroker had a half-decent score the other day and they're playing the Eels this week, so if he scores a 60 or 70, the Bs could just pretty much switch on those two players. So, yeah, don't stress about it, but it's easy cash they're sitting and waiting if you want to.
0: Yep, it is easy cash, and I'm just trying to put in a few caveats and just crossing my fingers just because there's no way I can bloody get him in, so <laughs> I'm sure it'll work out. I'm not going to feel too bad if um, after this week he ends up getting dropped to the bench or something, but... We'll move on. The next best, well, the next most popular trade-in target is the Roosters' Ryan Madison. I've been a big Madison fan for a long time, and I've been waiting for him to get his opportunity. He's 550,000 now, so he's a guy that you kind of wish that you did bring in a couple of weeks ago when a lot of people were looking at him like me and, and just didn't go there because we had other things that we needed to deal with. Because in the last, you know, if, we, if you would have got him a fortnight ago, you would have only paid four hundred and seventy-seven grand for him. At the moment, he's five fifty, and he's had a couple of bumper weeks with some tries, so 99 on the weekend, 93 the week before against the Sharks, and he is just looking the goods as a great center wing option. So I get it, and he's also minus 18 on his B.E., so pretty much it seems like, Billy, you do want Madison, and he is playing around 13 as well. If you don't get him now, it's going to be really difficult to get him in for round thirteen. The way his runs going.
1: Yeah, if you want him, you've got to get him this week because his score is going to be really good. Then he'll be too expensive. Or if he chucks out like a twenty-five or a thirty, you'll be asking yourself questions again next week. So, do I really want him? Is he going to score a double each week? I for masters, um, um, for my own sort of reasons, but can't afford him so I'm, I'm going going with the Madison option this week. I think if he he has been scoring tries, but I think the the fear factor with um what's what's his name, Orbison. I think Orbison being on the bench was the one scaring me away for a well, yep. heaps of other people away for a fair chunk of the time. But the fact that he's been named in the centres this week and Madison has been playing eighty lately, you've just got to jump on if you want him So if you want him just get in.
0: Yep, for sure. And there's a couple of really good stats, actually. Um, The last two weeks in a row, he's played 80 minutes. But it's a base that I've been really impressed with. So on the weekend, he had 61 points in base. So even if he didn't score the tries, he was still looking at a 60s score. The week before, he had 49 base. And the only time his base has sort of been below late 40s has been when he hasn't gotten his 80 minutes. And it looks like he's locked into his 80 now. So, you
1: know... 100%, just a quick. Quick one to support that buddy, Sorry for jumping. Yeah, yeah. Go. I had, a look at, I had a quick look at the stats last year. The, in all these 80 minute games last year, I take out the games where he was named in the centres and where he had the 16 jersey, where I wasn't sure if he played in the second row or, or centres. Yep. All the games where he actually played 80 minutes um, on on the edge, they were all, that was a base of 50 51. So it's consistent with last year. So, but that was without that was without as well. So you're gonna you're gonna get 50 for a centre three quarter. So it's probably a no brainer.
0: Yeah, it sure is. He's got such a great floor. The only thing that'll that'll derail the Madison train will be if his minutes somehow drop. But at the moment, don't see that happening. The Roosters need him in the pack badly. He's one of the few bright spots at the moment, so he's a good buy. I, even paying five fifty, I've seen a few guys say, "Well, $5.50 is a bit expensive." But you know what? The same coaches are, are happy to throw out the coin for a um, you know a try scoring centre or something like that, or a fullback. This is a four. Forward he's four's fifty points at the moment, so I I just think Scory it is a more no-brainer. Scoring more, more than Tohu, yeah, fifty grand more. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, I agree with you. I think he's a great trading target for this week. I'm going to be trying to fit him in. At the moment, it's proving quite difficult. So some Madison alternatives, though. Let's um play a bit of devil's advocate here. You spoke about Masters just before how you were targeting yeah. targeting him. Why were you looking yeah. at Masters this week instead?
1: Because Lola here was dropped and he got the goal kicking back. And I know he had goal kicking earlier in the season, but earlier in the season they were playing Cookson in the storm and in the storm again. So he was only converting, what, one or having one or two cracks at that goal. You saw the way they played last week. The guy scored, I think, 28 points in goals and every second, if you look at the stats, I think every second game he's had 20 points in effective offloads. He hasn't scored a try yet this year at all either, and I think he's had a try assist here and there. So it's not like he's been... Absolutely racking up the uh, try and try assist numbers. So for a bloke that's averaging sort of sixty-seven or sixty-five, whatever it is, just got the goal kicking back. The halves are clicking, the tigers are in form. Twenty offloads a game hasn't scored a try yet. Still priced around sort of five, sort of sub six hundred, and plays the first buy. That was just the uh, interest for me.
0: Yep, that, that all makes sense, Billy. He, he plays at round thirteen, which is really interesting. He's only in four percent of teams at the moment. Five sixty-five k. Yeah, I, mean, I, yeah it's, I think it's a price. that's... um. A bit of a worry. I'm actually going to be watching him. He's got a 74 BE, so he doesn't have to come this week. And I've got so many other guys that I'm targeting that are low ones, but I'm going to throw out a, a complete left field in that isn't on any of the lists and no one's talking about too much. And a certain catfish will probably be upset that I'm mentioning this one, but unlucky. Corey Oates. And I'm going to ask you to hear me out first before you um, lambast me for uh, even bringing the guy up. He's 450K at the moment. And he's a dual second row center wing, like Madison. So you can have him for $100,000 less than Madison. And I think a lot of people have spoken about the run that the Broncos have coming up. So Corey Oates at the moment is actually a minus 25 BE, which he's done very, very quietly without many people mentioning anything. And he's also had a 90-point score on the weekend against the Warriors and a 78-point score against the Knights, and the two weeks before was when he was hurt. So he's got two, three, four out of the next six games are at Suncorp. So, uh, sorry, let's have a look at that again. I think that they're actually five out of the next six are at Suncorp. So he's got a massive Suncorp run coming. He might be a really good alternative for people that can't afford a Madison or something
1: like that. Yeah, maybe, but those two large schools that he had, you mentioned what they were versus the Knights and the Warriors. Those yep. guys, centre three quarters that play against those two teams ranked first and fifth this year. He's now playing against a storm where centre three quarter scores ranked 16th, so the worst in the competition. So unless and an for that really, really fires and then bucks that trend, that score's going come right back down this week. So he's only just going to get above his B uh, unless he goes out of the line which the stats are unlikely yeah at, at the price maybe some interest but you're not banking on off over hit up Sam's not exactly worker you're banking on Milford coming to the party and giving him two or three uh, over in that corner so uh, not for me but yeah that, that home run is definitely, definitely an interest spot so I can see where you are
0: yeah and I mean there's a couple of hard teams and a couple of not so hard teams so it's a bit of a mixed draw I mean obviously the storm for this week and then they got the Roosters in a month, and in between, they got sides like South's Dogs and Manly, and then round 12, they've got the Eels, so it's not too bad.
1: Yeah, Manly are leaking points, and the Dogs that probably aren't too much better, so if he, look, if he can get through that, that first game this week, which you, which you just mentioned, with um, with the Storm, then yeah, I can, I can see the appeal. He just really, really want to get through that game. Yeah, so,
0: yeah, I mean, it's a minus 25B, though, so you, I I don't know if I'd be comfortable paying more money for him either. So it's a bit of a tougher one, but look, if, if people want to throw out a pod for themselves and, and bring someone different in, he's certainly one to think about. But let's talk about a more popular buy. A couple of, well, one that's a real popular one at the moment is Manly's cheap back rower, Kazuski. We're just going to call him Goz because Gos is a lot easier. So he's 192K. He's got a minus 7BE. Just under 7% of people are trading him in at the moment. He seems like a pretty solid downgrade option, Billy. He seems to have 80 minutes. Uh, he got 80 minutes on the weekend, which is really nice. He only scored 42 points, but as a downgrade option to 192k, and a guy that's going to make some cash, seems like a pretty good one for me.
1: Yeah, it seemed like a pretty good one at the time last week for me too, when I played him the thing that swung me there was a desperation. <laughs> didn't think I was going to have to play him. Yep. but I did in the end. He scored a forty-four. He did have a missed try and LB from that offload, but he, but he missed an offload from um, Big Marty. So he would have scored sorry, seventy odd. So if If he caught onto that ball, but he didn't. So. 44 is, is, isn't isn't too bad. He had a few errors. He, he seemed to be um, ripping and having, having a bit of go, having a bit of a go. They did they did kind of get dominated by the Tigers, but so the team got absolutely flogged. And look, at the an option. I'm going to play him again this week. only because of a desperation, I need someone there because I'm a bit short with a couple of guys out. And edge players playing against the Eels start playing against the Eels this year, so I'm going to hope that he uh, maybe grabs grabs a hold of one of those two, get some points, and his price goes up a bit.
0: Jeez, mate! You know what? One of the many Super Coach poisons is it's banking against your own team. You're, you're going to be barracking for the opposition this week. You're going against your heels.
1: Well, I if if guess my boys a win, mate. I really don't get a shit at this point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm, you're a brave man for playing him. I'm not going to play him at all, but I've actually got him penciled in as one of my options to downgrade at the moment. I'm going Robbie Rocco down to Goz, and then I'm loo- using that money elsewhere. And the thing with uh, yeah. with Goz it's really good, one of the big super coach mistakes is the guys that are real super coach poison are your bench forwards. And one of the things that all of us get sucked into is needing to downgrade a forward really badly because you just don't have the room and you need to free up some cash. And you end up downgrading to one of those forward cheapies that's on the bench or getting 40 minutes or whatever and it just kills you. It's pretty rare that you get one of these cheap guys that's getting 80 minutes and has a pretty good role locked in. Um, in the forwards, so I feel like when you... I feel like that's more valuable than the centre wings that end up coming through that are 192k because you don't get those downgrades too often into that type of scenario. So, whereas centre wings, you know, it happens all the time. You get a winger come in and it's easy.
1: Yeah, put put it this way. This is a really dodgy analogy, but you were saying before, you know, Madison averages 50... 50 been averaging 50, 51 points in base, and so has been lucky enough to get some tries. Well, this guy got 41 points in base pretty much, so... If he can get an attacking stat here and there and keep up his 40, 40 to 44, he's going to make some money. Just don't play him if you don't have to. But decent downgrade. And I think uh, Pilgrim did make, make a comment the other day that he scored four tries of a game as an edgy in the in the younger grade. So, kid's got some attacking power. Unless he was playing against Wenny. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, the other thing with him too, to finish up on him, is he does play round 13 as well, which is a nice little bonus. So, if he is one of those, yeah. like, sort of slow burner ones, which he might be a little bit, he can hang around until, you know, that round 13 buy, and then you can give him the flick. So that works out quite nicely for Goss.
1: Yeah, he's averaging the same as TPJ, and he's, what, 380K or something. So, yeah, just get him if you need someone.
0: Yep. Let's talk about a couple more exciting options, though. So these guys are around, you know, 3 4% trade-in at the moment, but it's a couple that I really like, and these guys are sort of the fallen gun types, so... A little bit better to talk about than Goz. First one's Jordan Rapana. So I started with Jordan Rapana and obviously I wasn't very happy about it at this point in the season. But I've held strong. Got him in my team still. I was rewarded on the weekend with a 71, which was nice. Although the caveat is it was against your eels, Billy. So, yeah, we'll see if he can keep it up. But at the moment, he's got a be of 40 points. And he looks like he's probably bottomed out just about at 476k. I understand getting him in. I think a lot of people were eyeing off getting him at this point, but a few people have kind of paused and said, hang on, is it even worth getting him with the way the Raiders are going and the sort of scores that he's shown up so far this year? I can understand the trepidation in in maybe committing to him at this point. He doesn't play around 13 either. What are your thoughts on people choosing Jordan Rapana as a centre wing target for this week to keep him?
1: Well, 100%. If you want him, just get him. i see the reservation the last few weeks. He hasn't exactly been playing like last year yet. He hasn't been sort of getting in, getting a grabbing the ball and doing those little here and there. He just doesn't seem like the same player at all. He seems like he's been sitting out the side like that um, that, that young bloke from, um, uh, like Bervin French, just, just doing nothing. But every now and then he seems to get in and, and have a go. But is that type of bloke who's going to score 40, 40, 40, then he's going to score 180. That's how he gets his uh, average. He's going to score 180, 110, 80, 80, 80 in between um, all those sort of 30s and 40 scores. So if you want him, yeah, I'd, I'd get him now before that one 170 score comes because once he has that that um, score, that big sort of 150, 160 score, forget it. You've his average for the year. So uh, if you can afford him, just get him now.
0: Yeah, and you you can never really tell. Like Souths have been pretty good lately, I guess, but they're still a side that I'm not 100% sold on. So they could easily give up a double or even a a hat trick to Rapana and it's just, it's all there waiting to happen the same as last year, I remember wanting to trade him in and then I couldn't get him because he'd seemingly just about bottomed out and then he threw up like 140 points or something and I just, there was no way I could afford him anymore, that could happen this week against South pretty easily (laughs) and then you're going to miss out
1: Yeah, same thing happened last year, he was 380,000 or something last year and Lafayette was 500,000 I was stupidly decided by Lafayette because he was in the form. Lafayette scored 30, 30, 10, and then Rapinoe went 171, 60 or something. So, yeah, because a guy is scoring pretty ordinary. It doesn't look like he's in the form. It doesn't mean he's not going to turn up. So if you want him, yeah, just get him.
0: Yeah, I did exactly uh, the
1: same thing. Unfortunately, I'm the same boat as you. I started with him. That's hence by a rubbish season.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, he's also got um, the Cowboys next week who – might be a bit of a tougher game, but then he's got the Titans at home and then the Sharks at home, so not too bad, the run for the next month for Rapana. I think he's a good trade-in. Other guy, Yeah, and
1: sh- Sharks, are still, Sharks probably still depleted a little bit around then, so a depleted a depleted Sharks and a Titans so are probably um, the, the two of the better sort of teams you want to attack at the moment.
0: Yeah, especially at, at home at GIO, so that's a good one. Next guy is Tom Alolo, who I think both of us agreed in the preseason pods that he was no way, in shape, or form someone that you should be looking at starting with. And he's True. proved us 100% correct, Billy. His average minutes so far this year have been 58 minutes a game, and that's what's really hurt him. And likewise, because of that, his average score is only under 60 points at 59 a game. So hasn't been great. I'm actually looking at him this week, though, because he's got a BE of around 37. Yep. And he's also... Priced quite nicely. I think it's at least a... It's more than a hundred grand discount or thereabouts on what his starting price was. And the other big thing for me on wanting to try and fit him in this week as much as I can, he's going up against the Gold Coast Titans and he's playing at home against them. Gold Coast is depleted. Nathan Peets isn't there. They've got a few of their forwards banged up. Jordan McLean went down a couple of weeks ago and Lolo played 66 minutes on the weekend accordingly. So it's just got... Classic Tom Lolo steamroll performance written all over it for me this week.
1: No, oh, I don't know. I reckon this is the week to sort of buy if, if you want him. But generally, teams who play Titans, it's the halves and the outside backs to score really well. The forwards, it's sort of just the middle of the pack because they don't get as much as much time on the park doing all, all, all the big work because the um, the halves just sort of. There's a lot there's a lot of breakaways and it sort of breaks in play so you, they they lose a little bit of time in the middle of the park. I mean he's already not he's not exactly on big minutes already. I'd be interested to know what his score versus the Titans last year was, if anything, but it's probably skewed by minutes. Yeah, look if 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 you're wanting the guy the the guy's the guy's a beast, you just wanna hope that he use he utilizes the softish type of draw that he's got coming up coming up for the next sort of six or seven rounds and uh, starts from JT fires and gives him a couple of short pulls.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about last year, but out of all the teams since 2010, he's averaged the sixth best average against the Gold Coast Titans at 60 points a game. So it's definitely the top third of teams that he's scored against well, so... And I guess 66 minutes last week was a big one for me. It seems like they need him to step up and they gave him more minutes accordingly on the weekend. Obviously, it didn't work against the Dogs, but I tend to think that it's going to start to come. The weeks after that no, as well. I
1: didn't know that. Yeah, sir, so I didn't know the minutes. If if, if he if there were no injuries and he got 66 minutes just because they were trying to, trying to get him involved in a bit, a bit more, than yeah, if you got the coin, well, there's a lot more interest there now.
0: Yeah, I I mean, the, this run, just looking at it, he plays around 13, which is one of the other reasons why I was trading him in. I'd probably pause a little bit more if he wasn't playing 13. But Gold Coast Titans this week and then Canberra next week, both of them are at home. That's really appealing. He's got a couple of games away against Penrith and the Tigers and then back at home against Southside Melbourne. So four out of the next six are at home for him. And definitely this next five games before they hit the Storm are looking pretty juicy. So, yes, I think Tom Alolo is going to be in my side this week unless I decide to change to Madison last minute. But let's move on to the outs, Billy. A bit more controversial. Let's start off with the less controversial ones. Philip Semi from the Gold Coast Titans is at 470,000, which is unbelievable. I cannot believe that I chose not to get him because I couldn't fit him in in my round one side and I thought he wasn't going to go that well. He has been Fantastic. Now, he's pretty much peaked because he's got a be of over 100, and 11.6% have traded him out at the moment as the most popular trade. That's a great trade to get him out at the moment. I think that he absolutely has to go.
1: Yeah, I think that he's did well. I'm just bitter and twisted because I chose more Matthews over him because I thought he was rubbish. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I think we all know who the rubbish super coaches. is. Nah, look if you got him, he's time he's time to go before he pleases the cash. Take the uh, take the hundred and thirty score that you got and absolutely run with a coin. Plenty of options in that in the um the buy discussion we, we just had, so have a look at your team, decide we them where the where you find the most value and to pick something up.
0: Yeah, he's a very easy out. Another one that um is sort of coming towards peaking as well is Lodge. So Lodge has obviously got he's rib cartilage injury at the moment but he was still lodge was still named to start so that's good but he's got a be of around 40 points and realistically that's sort of where he's been hitting the last couple of weeks even though he got hurt on the weekend so i actually traded lodge a bit early i needed to trade someone last week so i was happy enough to get rid of him and it worked out fine only missed out on about 16 grand or something i think that he's a he's a fine guy to be trading out at the moment he's at 395k and that's a job all done. He's made about 185 grand. Time to go, Mister Lodge.
1: Yeah, 100. Yeah, I held on to him just the extra week, but yeah, I wouldn't be mad selling him early. Absolutely, he can probably make some more coin, but he'd be a slow burner for now. And the fact that he's um, going to be needled, needled up this week and potentially pulled—just if you need some of sell just came loose.
0: Yeah, rib cartilage injuries are really hard to play with, and they're quite painful. So I well, wouldn't be surprised and at all. Storm. Yeah, and they're playing the Storm. I wouldn't be surprised at all if, you know, the Storm are uh the Broncos are starting TPJ. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they tried to limit Lodge's minutes a little bit so he wasn't going above 40 minutes a game as well. So he's a sell. Another guy who I did sell, sell last week as well, or actually two weeks ago, sorry, was Lachlan Croker. Jumped off that train a little bit early myself, but I went straight to Maloney two weeks ago and I was pretty happy about it. I know that you said that he's a guy that you can probably hang on to because he's got uh, a BE uh, in the teens, but honestly, mate, he's before last week's 49, he went 17, 22, 22. I don't have much faith that he's definitely going to make a lot more money.
1: Yeah, um, me either, but I think that... Last 22 had two concussions, so he was off the field for what 20 minutes or something or other. Put the first game down to maybe, uh, I don't backseat or something or other. He, he's one of those Osako trades, you know, so you, you can get rid of the guy that you're going to have, you know, sort of 30,000 people come out of the woodwork and go, Oh, who sold, you know, Croak? I scored to the 17th this week and now has the same B as Jack's had last week. So, um, my point there is, look, if you can get Jacks this week as well as the other player that you want with two trades, then by all means get rid um, of get rid of Croker. But if you can't, and there's another hole that you need to plug. It's not the end of the world The guy is still going to make coin It just might be a little bit of a slow burner You might get lucky He might he might start going back to a couple of 20 scores and, and and burn you up But yeah You you really want to try and get rid of that Any nightmare if possible So it just depends on the team makeup, up, mate
0: Yeah, I agree There's no, it's no harm in really holding him a week or two If you have to But if you need to trade someone out And you can't find anyone in your side Get rid of Lock and Croker That's yeah. fine so another guy um who I'm looking at training this week who I think's peaked but um I've noticed you know the Robbie Rocco fan club to be growing by the week at the moment there's um, a few people that seem to be a little bit attached to him now that he's been going so well so he's got to be oh, yeah
1: yeah everyone's attached to the Tigers now mate they're all sentimental favorites
0: <laughs> well he's got to be a of 59 and to me I was waiting to be able to sell Robbie Rocco, so it getting towards four hundred and forty k in value now's a great time just to cash in on him, and I'm just happy just to get rid of him myself. He's only you know hundred grand or so off Tom Malolo, so that's just such an easy trade for me to make He on the weekend he managed a big thirty points, and that's just not good at all. The week before he was on forty nine which was okay. He had a couple of big weeks there, but realistically it was just the week that he scored the try where he hit 87. He seems to fluctuate quite a bit between sort of a bit of a dud score of 30 in eighty minutes to, you know, a solid score of 50-something. So to me, it's definitely time to get rid of him. I'd definitely be doing it this week unless you had real urgent trades to make. But I can see a few people saying that they want to hold him a bit longer and he might be going okay, and I don't really understand that.
1: Yeah, he's one of those guys that you talk about in preseason and um and then someone like Perso comes along and says, ah, oh, dude, you gotta make a hundred grand this game for a few weeks, keep keep him on bench then they flick the bum to the curve. Or well, I think the I think the guy's made you hundred grand so it's time to make that decision and flick the bum to the curve.
0: Yeah, and there's just so many good options, isn't there? I mean we spoke about a heap of them, but you know, Madison, Tomalolo some of these other guys are left field, one of, um, of Marty Power for looking towards the first buy. There's so many yeah. good options that you that are within a hundred grand, which is an easy reach at this point. And a lot of guys already have that in the bank. They can just make that straight swap, so I don't see any reason why you should hold on to Robbie Rocco.
1: Yeah, so, even though he covers that first buy, there's, there's no point in holding the guy that long just for potential 30 points, just just get rid of it. The points that you can make by selling in between now and then is just too great, so
0: that's a really interesting thing to talk about too, because that's something that's come up with Robbie Rocco too. I saw um, a few people mention around the traps of but he plays the first buy. I never really understand that logic when you're talking about a cash cow that's peaked because you know like you said, if <laughs> there's a long time before that first buy at this point we're in, coming up to round seven and you're talking about round thirteen. I would not be happy in round thirteen if I got thirty points and I lost eighty grand. That's that's not an equation that works well at all. Um, you're much better off selling him to someone, and you know you can sell yeah. to someone that plays around thirteen.
1: Even if the guy scores a hundred in that buy round, dude. If you if you sold him this week to I don't know Tom you know, <laughs> k, and then use that use that coin elsewhere to upgrade I don't know say a nickels to you know. Not, not, not so much a gerbo, but, but you know, a surges or something else. The points difference between surges and what Rocco would score, you, you would assume would be minimum sort of ten points. Ten points, so so ten points times by what you know, eight, eight rounds between now and the vice, so eighty points. You already, you've already made up Rocco's score in round thirteen, and you now have a. a the extra coin in the bank and a free and a free stab at the the higher quality player that you're going to be playing in that round thirteen. So the maths and the body just adds up. Just sober person.
0: Yeah, exactly right. And look, we're we're talking about going up to a gun or something with him. It can go the other way too. There's there's Kozurski available at the moment who plays round thirteen as well. Who's bottom dollar? So you can you know make two hundred and fifty k out of that trade. Get the same amount of points probably around thirteen as well. It's just a yeah. that's a great move.
1: Uh, and yeah, and in saying and in saying that, don't don't confuse the fact that it's okay to play you know, a, a bottom dollar bum as as a seat in your in team for round round thirteen. But the moral of the story is that they're quite carrying someone at, you know sort of 350 k for ten rounds just for that just for that score. Wait until it's round twelve or thirteen, get him in and then, then neck them.
0: Yep, exactly. So let's talk um, injuries. There's a couple that we don't even need to speak about. Because they're immediate trade outs for me. Josh Mansell, the Saw, and Gow both got hurt on the weekend. Tragically, uh, quite a few people traded Gow in last week, so that was a real stinger for those people that decided to go Gow instead of Fafita, because Fafita looks like he's going to come good in the next week or two, probably. Whereas Gow's looking at probably four to six weeks at the moment. Those guys yeah. just need to go out, really.
1: That was a shame. The, the gal was sort of right too, but it was one of those: is he going to play sort of sixty-five, seventy minutes again? Type questions. So, I think a lot of people decided to wait one round. But yeah, I think I know a few that jumped on, and they were very, very shuffling.
0: <laughs> well, Mansour and, and Gal are easy trade outs. You can um, you can get a lot with that coin at least. So, there's a lot of options yeah. for you to choose. A couple that have been talked about a little bit outside of the top trade out targets. TPJ in the last couple of weeks A lot of people have been jumping off him He was one of your pre-season darlings, Billy And he's yep. got a bit derailed a little bit With the hamstring injury Which was quite annoying I've actually still held on to him I still believe in TPJ And I'm happy that he's starting this week How are you feeling about him?
1: Better, obviously the hamstring injury was a pain in the Because he was on, what, I think, 33 or, or something When it happened, so he went off when he was about to punch a decent score and then last week he was named. So he obviously had the week off, then named to start, then went to the bench and then I don't know how many minutes he got last week.
0: 31.
1: But uh, uh, 31, yeah, okay. So it was way down. So we didn't even get his 40, it alone his 50. So I didn't see the game. but I heard, I heard some of the boys say he was nursing it a little bit. He wasn't hitting the line hard and turning and sort of off riding. He was just trying to get through the game. So maybe that game... Also, oh, I'm hoping that game gave him a bit of confidence, and now that he's uh, playing Melbourne at home and lodges, and he's named to start, that he's um, got that confidence back and he's ready to go. Because I really want to see that offload come back very, very quickly in a good 45 minutes.
0: Yeah, agreed. I'm going to play him this week, and I'm looking forward to it. I feel like that he's got every opportunity to step up. He sort of—I really like his demeanor against the dominant packs and stuff. Like he really took it to Tamalola in round two, and he seems to really step up when the challenge is, is laid out for him, and this is the sort of week yeah. where the challenge is really laid out for him and Lodge is struggling, and they need him desperately in the middle there, so it could be a good and you know what?
1: Uh, and you know what, if you, look, if you actually um, decide, I don't want to take the risk, I want to solve the this week, if you hit the trade button and then selected all the highest performing, highest averaging front row forwards to trade in, you'd look at Tafida injured, Gal, toe back suspension, most people probably have him, to power, uh, he's getting getting lower minutes. Yeah, he's doing some offloads, but there's a little bit of a concern there. Outside of those three, who are you trade into?
0: Yeah, there isn't so, many options in the me, front row.
1: For me, it's not just keep the guy see if he comes back.
0: Yeah, he's a definite hold for me as well. And after the storm, um, we spoke about the the sun court run with Corey Oates. You know, five out of six at Suncorp. It's um it, it lends itself well after this storm game. South's dogs. Manly, Roosters, Eels I'm going to say a lot of those packs Tend to get dominated and offloaded against quite a bit I know the Roosters have been lately And the Eels definitely have been as well And Manly have been looking a bit thin too (laughs) Probably because I watched the Roosters Get carved up on Thursday And all the way up the middle everywhere By the two Burgess twins Who have not played a good game in the last three years of NRL and then watching your Eels get absolutely demolished week on week for six rounds. That's probably where it's coming from, Billy.
1: Yeah, I can't watch them, mate. I'd rather watch the Golden Hills at the moment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll move on from Blanche. To Vita a Jr. Jr. a hold, I'm going to go on a bit of a left-field one before we wrap up Market Watch. Just something that caught my eye, and it's a nice little one to debate on. Roger Tuovar's a shek. He started off the season on fire, and he ended up being a really astute purchase for uh, the round one starting teams that had him and he's done really well. However, the Warriors have hit a little bit of a, I wouldn't say form slump but they've just lost their first game and uh, RTS has 101 BE coming into this week. I'm thinking that if I own him I'd have to be thinking about um, what my plans were with him. I mean he's the draw that they've got they've got quite a few games at Mount Smart, which is good. But aside from that, you know, if you don't have a Teddy for round 13, if it looks like he's not going to play Origin, or if you don't have a Turbo, or if you don't have a Ponga, is this the type of moment looking at the Dragons and the Storm the next couple of weeks where you say, maybe I should cut bait on Roger before we get to round 13?
1: If you don't have Ponga, then yeah, I'd consider that trade. Although, that'd be a bit of a luxury at the moment. If you're trading an RTS to Ponga, then... You must be doing alright because there's obviously Jacks out there and a couple other guys. But um, yeah, Look, you, you probably take the hit this take the hit this week and, and, and hopefully score around sort of 50, 60 and sixteen. Doesn't drop too much coin. If you have got the luxury that he's your he's, he's your biggest problem, then yeah, absolutely. Get, I would get rid of him, in the punter. I would. I, don't know, I, I I probably wouldn't get rid of him, in the Teddy, because there's no guarantee Teddy's going to be dropped from Origin. Yeah, you, you would like to think Turbos in the fullback in the in, Turbos in the uh, fullback spot, but. I mean, you, as a Rooster supporter, do you really think Teddy would even get a wing spot?
0: Look, I, I thought the whole time, honestly, that Roger, that I'm um, sorry, that Teddy was going to be the fullback for the Blues, and Trauovich would have been either in the centres or on the wing, and and he played he played in the centres for Australia. I mean, I I don't I don't understand Freddie not putting Teddy at the back only because I don't know Teddy probably can't play centre and. I don't know how well he's going to be on the wing. So I feel like you've got to fit both of those guys in, but maybe they're not going to fit both of those guys in. I really don't know now.
1: Yeah, look, Teddy's the type of guy that you probably have to play at fullback, but turbo's that's that bloody good. if easy ways that wide, but they're a baby I'm
0: going
1: to play a French compliment, that's all I'm going to say. Um, but to, from the SEC point of view, I, yeah, I wouldn't be trading an RTS to a T right now. I don't think if he's in a big hole, trade the Yeah. Uh, trade it to well and just nah, maybe have his average is the next six weeks or something
0: like that. Yeah. I'll, I'll finish off with a bit of a, a stat chat, though. The last, the first three weeks of the season, Roger mm-hmm. Tuovazashek hit a 65, 130, and 81 for his point scoring. And in the last three yeah. weeks, he's hit 34, 33, 38 points. So... I would be pretty concerned and I would 100% be looking at Roger to Ponga trade unless I had bigger fish to fry, particularly coming up against yeah. the Dragons and the Storm could just as easily see him score a couple more 30s there and I feel like that you've got a good three weeks and a bad three weeks, you can cup eight now and you're, and you're all good. But um, yeah, like you said, if that's the worst of your problems, you're probably doing pretty well, so not too bad. Yeah, so that'll that'll be fine either way probably for Roger, but just a a good one to, I guess, chat about because his B.E. has gotten up there. doesn't play around 13 and there's not too many fullbacks around as far as the the amount that you can fit in your team. But let's move on to TLT, Billy. Very exciting week. First up, game of the round for me, being a Roosters fan. Canberra Bankstown Bulldogs versus Sydney Roosters on Thursday night, first match of the round. These are always good ones between the Roosters and Dogs. There seems to be a little bit of rivalry there. Always pretty yeah. entertaining.
1: Yeah, there'll be a lot of points in this team in this uh, game.
0: Well, I hope so. <laughs> the doggies. Bull- well, I wouldn't mind for both <laughs> of them. If on a, fire. Yeah, if Fatala Mariner can get a try in there, but the Roosters would not be pretty happy. But the teams at the moment, Bulldogs unchanged, which you'd expect after their performance against the Cowboys last week. So nothing of huge note there. Probably the only thing I guess that we didn't mention is Jeremy Marshall King is a guy that a lot of people will be looking to get rid of at the moment as well, I guess. He still retained his spot there. And uh, for those that stayed strong with Fatala Marino, I did see a few people sell here and there the last couple of weeks, particularly last week before the actual game. Fatala Marino obviously scored a try and carved up at around 90-odd points, so he's back on the money-making train for the Roosters there is actually quite a few changes, which I'm happy about because I've been screaming for them for a while. So, Reece robinson has been dropped, finally. Manu shifts to the wing, and Mitch Orbison moves to centre, and we were talking about that a bit earlier. That's um, huge news for Ryan Madison. Yep. And the other big changes is JWH reverts back to the bench, which has Zane Tedovano starting, which is interesting. And Frank Paul Newasala is coming in for his first Roosters game since 2014 due to SST going down with a knee injury before the game last week. So a couple of um, good real-life changes for the Roosters, I think, but also really helps the value of Madison um, in particular. And Nat Butcher is on the bench again um, after coming in late last week, so he's a a watch as well.
1: Yeah, Madison and Mariner are the key ones there. Both both, holds, one, one maybe a buy.
0: Yeah, the battle at the edges. Anyone who's got both of them will be hoping for some nice edge tries, which <laughs> I could see happening. So not too much on this one to talk about, Billy. Who are you tipping for? it?
1: The way I'm tipping this year, mate, and the way the upsets are going, I'm going to go for a half-time, full-time draw with the Roosters in overtime with a field goal.
0: <laughs> well, my big call is going to be Teddy for 80-plus. I reckon this is going to be one of his big weeks. Potential ton, even, for this really? week. Yep. I'm going to make the big call now. I reckon the Roosters are going to step up. I think it's going to be a great game, though. I think both teams are going to go at it. And um, I think it's going to be um, some nice scoring. Maybe a 32-18 to 18 type of score line.
1: Mm, hope so, mate. Madison for a treble, because
0: he's in. <laughs> Can't be too greedy, mate. He's done well for you. We'll move on. Warriors versus... St. George, Illawarra Dragons. This one's a Mount Smart. Uh, it's the first Friday night game. A few changes here. Solomona Carter has been named to start, but earlier in the week, the, the Warriors actually said he's out for a month with an ankle injury, so you'd expect that to change. Nicole Klockstad is on the extended bench, and he was someone who was rumoured to be maybe coming in. The other rumour, though, which is very super coach relevant, is around the traps, people were saying that Tohu might be moved to centre, which wouldn't be great. Other big news is Simon Mannering starting in the back row finally with Pulu out with his foot injury and uh, Bete joining the bench. And Ophela goes into the starting prop spot with Lasoni dropping to the bench. So a couple of big names there and um, potential watchers the final team list. Coming up against the Dragons, who they're completely unchanged after the win over Cronulla, as you'd expect.
1: Yeah, Dragons are telling at the moment. They're faulty no injuries, so... Um just keep scoring points but yeah it's over in New Zealand so yeah, anything anything can happen there interesting notes the Vaughan sort of played the, bit, the bigger minutes last week although I think you was saying uh, before we started this pod that was off by off, uh, injury other than that no real sort of changes for the Dragons but yeah go on the um Tohu going to center and battering to an edge will be uh, interesting for uh, prices over the next of few weeks. But um, I think the only thing of interest for me there is maybe Johnson, Johnson for a uh, VC loop option with a home draw coming up.
0: Oh, interesting. I think the Dragons are do the Warriors over there. And this might be the bit of a little mm-hmm. mini slide for the Warriors. But mm-hmm. my big call here, what's it going to be? All right, well, my big call here is going to be that Tim Laffey is going to have a... Turn back the clock return to form with a few offloads and uh, some good point scoring for a seventy plus score after a couple of duds in the teams. So there we go. Really? Yep.
1: I'll pick with it for a sub fifty.
0: <laughs> Mate, it's meant to be a bold prediction. <laughs> Without for fifty is a given in a win over there. Sub forty. Though. Sub forty, wow. Okay. That's a bit bolder. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna be keeping my eye on Gareth Without actually, that's another one. And um yeah, we'll move on to the second game of Friday night, which is um, one that I'm quite looking forward to because it's a bit spicy between these teams sometimes. Brisbane Broncos versus Melbourne Storm. Suncorp Stadium, where Milf runs free and scores all day, every day.
1: Apparently. That's why I bought him, but no, he doesn't.
0: <laughs> well, the run's coming up now, mate, so this is when it starts. But big news is Jack Bird, Jack Bird held on to his spot in the halves. Cody Nikarima. He's returning, but he's on the bench in place of Sam Tagadizzi. Uh Tavita Pangai Jr. is starting at prop for Sam Thido who's back on the bench as well. Lodge was named a start, but don't be surprised if he's got reduced minutes as well, all he's considered with his injury. Jack Bird is someone that we didn't talk about at all as a potential buy, but I've actually got him on my watch list a little bit at the moment because he scored a, four, a, a solid 49 points on the weekend playing 5'8", um, looked a lot more comfortable and he's only priced at 380k at the moment as a centre wing second row forward Jewel. Bit of a little pod watch for me on him. The Storm, meanwhile, have got Will Chambers returning from suspension at the expense of young Tottenham And that is it. So, obviously, Brody Croft isn't in the team still. He's in jumper 21, but I doubt that he'll be a late change for this week. But that's probably going to be the other big watch in this game. Yeah,
1: I don't think, I don't think there'll be a change, mate. Not, not after the win they had last week.
0: How do you see this one going? The um, the Stormer got the wood on the Broncos at Suncorp. I'm, I'm thinking that, that that's going to be a trend that's bucked this week, pun completely intended, and that the Broncos will kick on.
1: Well, honestly, mate, I have absolutely no idea. But if I had to pick, I'd go to the Broncos. Sorry, Stormer, Storm to four points.
0: Yep. Anyone that you think is going to have a big one?
1: Not really, mate. Munster just doesn't seem to be doing it. Smith against a tougher team. Maybe if anything's going to happen, I think this will be sort of the meat and potatoes round where um, Smith scores sort of 75 points and and Milford finally does something, only gets one or two away to Oates in the corner. I reckon Oates Oates and um, Smith sort of 75, 80 scores each.
0: Nice. I like it. I'm going to go with Tavita Pengai Jr., 60 plus. Yep. All right. So then we move on to the Saturday games. And the first one is the Rabbitohs versus Canberra Raiders. I'm actually playing this one at the Central Coast Stadium. So, with this one, we've got Sam Burgess returning from suspension, which is great. Had a big dig at uh, Josh Morris tonight, I don't know if you saw it. No, I didn't. He got asked about his suspension and he turned around and said if the opposition player didn't act like he was going for an Academy Award, then um, then I wouldn't have got suspended anyway, basically. So, um, <laughs> it was a pretty good response. <laughs> Sammy's coming in to start at lock. He's pushing Jason Clark to the bench and Cole Turner back to reserves. Cam Murray's been named on the extended bench and is an outside chance of returning. So that's probably the big one. I think a lot of people are going to be sweating on, on Cam Murray playing or not. I'd be a little bit worried that if he does come in, he might um might come in off the bench or he might get reduced minutes to sort of lessen the impact on his hamstring. But with he the, did last
1: time.
0: Yeah, he did he last time, you're right. Him. So that's a bit of a worry. I mean, that's why I thought last week... Um, I would have actually sold him if I owned him, because it might have been a couple of weeks anyway, then it might have been a couple of weeks before he was starting.
1: Oh, if you got cover, Martin, there's, no, there's no, no real need. He's not exactly expensive, and who do you sell him to?
0: Well, I think the issue was the guys that had um, Andrew Fafita, Nathan Brown, Sam Burgess, and um, Cam Murray. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but their opposition, the Raiders, have actually named an unchanged 17 for the week. So basically, Billy, everyone kept their jobs because they played your mob, the Eels.
1: <laughs> Hello, ironic! You <laughs> get off the goal, though.
0: So this one here, I actually think the things that are that I'm looking at, Josh Papali's on the bench again, which might be a little bit of a watch, but he's probably gonna play Origin and he's probably too fat to trade in. But other than that, I'm really watching Rapana close this week. I think this could be a good Jordan Rapana week against South. So I can just I can smell it. I can smell the double coming. But I'm also Obviously, looking forward to Sam Burgess coming back being an owner, and that's probably the other key. Damien Cooks. He's been
1: playing some big minutes, hasn't he? Sammy. I know, I, know his score, I know his scores haven't been that great, but didn't he play like 70 minutes last game in the front row?
0: Sam, pretty sure he played he 70. I've got it here. Yeah, his last game that he played against the Dogs, he actually played 80 minutes. And the, the game before was 71 67, 73 minutes. That's his first four rounds. So he's been playing good minutes the whole time. He's been a little bit under the radar. People have been, you know, unhappy with his scores, but, I mean, the bloke's still averaged, you
1: he's know. Been going, he's been going very close, dude. He got pulled short a couple of times, and I remember thinking, oh, thank Christ for
0: that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, he's still averaged 60 points, and...
1: 63, sorry, sorry, 63, 45, 68, 56 for an average of 73 minutes. Oh, look, if you don't have Sammy, I'd be... I'd be getting him.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, he's a good watch for this yeah. week. Um, I'm the other thing too is that you raise a really good point about um him coming close. He's he even had one denied. I think I went to the video ref and he got it pulled back. But on top of that as well, he had one or two of these games where he just got you know they were one of those penalty games, and Sammy gets penalised anyway. So in those mass penalty games, he just got absolutely rorted. Where he got like three penalties in each of those games. So yeah. There's um, a couple of things to watch on this one. Orion's going to be an entertainer
1: very, 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 very quickly. So he's averaging fifty three points in base. He's got eight eight points in offloads per game. So there's your yep. There's your um,
0: there's,
1: there's, there's your sixty tackle bust. He's hardly made any tackle bust so far. No tries, no try assists, no last touches, no goals, surprisingly. Mate, the guy, the guy is averaging 60 at the moment, doing absolutely sweet FA, and he's getting sort of 70-odd minutes coming back from coming back from injury. The guy's going to be pissed, and they had a good game last week. They're ready to go. I reckon Sammy's going to be the turnaround player. Yeah, I
0: reckon too, and that's going to be my big tip as well. I reckon Sammy's going to hit 70 points this week against the... Um, the Raiders pack, and also he's going to take out all his Josh Morris anger on that whole pack.
1: Yeah, I think if you don't have Sammy hit him very, very quickly, if you've held him, do you reckon he's a uh, captaincy option this week?
0: I couldn't do that, only because his points have been a little bit too solid but not great. But I'm a, I'm a guy trying to climb the ranks, mate, so my captaincy options are quite ballsy at the moment.
1: Yeah, I'd be doing Fatou man if I only put this rate. Yeah. <laughs> I need a 1%er, mate. Well, if, you,
0: if you're if you looking for a guy that's, um, yeah, I mean, Sammy's going to give you the solid score, we'll put it that way. But, yeah, no, I think I, need a
1: I think I need a half, mate.
0: Well, talking, so, yeah. talking about the captains, though, the um, one that did come up, Billy, and I'm interested in your thoughts on it, um, a few guys are throwing around Damien Cook as a captain, though, um, with how he ran the Roosters pack ragged going up the middle there and um, looking at the Raiders big pack. A few people have talked about Cook.
1: Yeah, agree, but... I think he had about three line breaks.
0: Definitely had a couple.
1: Going to have a very, very, very quick look. So, all right, I've got him here. Around here. Uh, six, here we go? Eighty points. So he's he's had eight. He's had at eighty three times this year. But in those eighties, he's had. Alright, so his base is fifty. So that's it's a good base to start with. Evade one line break. I oh, know. Yeah, one line break. One one line break assists. So. He's doing. He's chucking forty tackles a game. He's having almost one line break per game. A few TBs, a couple offloads lately. He's thrown in one try. So the guy's getting a little bit in each basket each game to get an eighty. So I, I wouldn't. cap. Who's he got? The Raiders.
0: Yeah, the Raiders.
1: I wouldn't cap him purely because I think there's too many points in in the outside backs this week. I just don't think there'll be as much work in in the middle. I think I think he'll get a one a line break maybe a line break or two but I think for a captain material he's probably going to be like a 65 65 score this week I'd stay away from him and go for, and go for someone who has the, the 100 plus potential
0: alright well you just put the mock right now he's going to go for a ton for sure so we'll, uh, we'll move on from the, the uh, South and Raiders game and go up to the next one which is the Tigers versus Newcastle Knights the second game on Super Saturday at Tamworth this one's being played at which would be nice for all the people up at Tamworth Nice country town. I've been to once or twice myself. Spent a New Year's in Temworth once. Very interesting, very fun. So, West. No, no, I did. Really did. I had really? a uh, I had a friend's wedding who was um, for some reason he decided to get married on New Year's Day, and it was about forty five minutes out from Temworth where the wedding was. So on New Year's Eve we were we had to obviously stay there the day before the wedding, um, and we spent. News Eve in Tamworth And there was I think only two pubs there So uh, We went to one For half the night And then the other one For the other half of the
1: night And it was a great time But we well, had... I went, Last time I went to Tamworth It was a 45 bucks For a steak at the pub I thought This is going to be The best steak ever man. If There's heaps of Wagyu buggy, red cows around This is going to be awesome I waited an hour And 15 minutes For this thing to come It came out It was half the size Of what I thought It would be It was burnt to the shower. <laughs> <it's almost laughs> what do you expect love? Just put some barbecue in your sauce, i you, you right. Oh,
0: <laughs> but I bet you the beers were cold. The beers were cold in Tamworth, though. That's the main thing. So West Tigers, Billy. We've got them coming up against the Knights, and we've actually got Josh Reynolds out with a shoulder injury, which I believe is a shoulder fracture it got reported as. So that's really unlucky for him because he only came back for his first game from his last injury. Peter yeah. Godinay goes back to the bench to replace him. Chris Lawrence is out with a hamstring strain with Elijah, Elijah Taylor returning from his hamstring strain. And that reshuffle sees Matt Eisenhuth move to prop and Josh Alouai going to the second row. So a couple of things here. You've mentioned that um, Masters had the goal kicking. He's still going to have it with uh, Lola here not in the side. Eisenhuth, I really like as a player, and he's been chugging along pretty nicely. Other than that, though, um, our man Alex Twelve, who me and Perso spoke about last week, He's on the bench. He started in the number 10 jersey last week, and now he's on the bench. So he was a bit of a watch last week, and now he's completely dead. On the Knights side, though, they're the ones who have dropped the bombshell around, with 5'8", Brock Lamb, being dropped for Jack Cogger. Midge Barnett's also returning from suspension, which means Sese to prop and Safedi to, to the reserves. I am going to put to you, Billy, that I have no idea what Nathan Brown's thinking, because... I understand Brock Lamb has been poor defensively, but by all accounts, Jack Cogger is even worse defensively. So I don't really understand what's doing there.
1: He might be a good recruiter, mate, but whether he can coach I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my, mate, they seem to be doing all right. I'll give Brownie the benefit of that, mate. They, uh, they're doing better than my team.
0: Well, that's true, but um, there's... what. Every other team doing better than yours, mate. So, way rub that one in. Who do you think is going to come up on top, the Knights or the Tigers in this one?
1: The way the Tigers have been going, mate, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think anyone against them.
0: Oh, well, I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to say the Knights, and I'm going to say it's going to be a Kalen Ponga masterclass, and he's going for a ton. Really? Yep. I reckon Pong is going to carve him up. Or
1: reckon he'll carve, but I don't think he'll get a ton. I think he'll get like his usual of sixty or seventy, easy.
0: Well, this is why they're big calls, because they're going to be uh, pretty tough ones to get right. But um, go on to a more exciting game, because I own quite a few Cowboys. The North Queensland Cowboys versus the Gold Coast Titans. Uh, this is a 7.35pm game, and I tell you what, there's some some changes that are going to be favourable for the Cows. The Cowboys are unchanged, despite what happened to them at the hands of Canterbury last week, which was absolutely awful to watch. But... The Titans are actually a little bit decimated again, so they've got Philip Semi going from the wing to centre for Copley, who is out. Tyrone Roberts-Davis is called up for the wing spot, and his first game of the year, I believe. Mitch Rame starting at hooker for Nathan Peets, who's out for four to six weeks with his rib problem. Ryan James is back, at least, for him, so that's a bit better. Uh, Means Max King is back to the bench, and Hipgrave comes in to replace Simpkins Jai Arrow has been named, overcoming his back spasms, but he's probably still a little bit tender. So, to me, Billy, the cows side, the exciting things for me, are Tom Alolo and JT and Cohen Hess all have as good an opportunity to steamroll this understrength Titans team as what they will in any round of football this year. Oh, yeah,
1: but the only the, the deal there is that you you can't cut Hess because you can't guarantee he's going to go over. JT is massively out of form, so... Which uh cow do you bank on to maybe step him up?
0: I think I'd just be happy to own him this week. I don't think that I would um I don't think I'd captain any of them although it could be a sneaky v c on j t which isn't going to cost you anything just to see if um maybe the old fella has got something left in the tank yeah
1: um, unless you've unless you're really depleted in the second row and you've got so um Brown and Murray are type route like me and you have to play a um Gostlewski, whatever his name is typeho. Look, if you can get, like, a, a, nine, a 9 or a 100-type VC out of, um, out, of, out, of a JT, out of out of a JT, then absolutely go and do it. But if you've got solid players all over the park, it wouldn't be seeing that. I don't think he's got that 130 potential.
0: Yeah, I mean, Tom Alolo is probably the other one, that, or, or even a Hess as a VC. Yeah, a VC you need to sort of throw to the wind anyway and see what happens. But um, yeah. another guy that's interesting, Billy, on the opposite side, on the Titans end, is... Um, Mitch Rain is about 270,000, I think. And he's got this job for the next four to six weeks with Pete's out. I'm kind of interested to see how he yeah, goes.
1: But I don't think anyone's going to go in though, dude. And the reason is most people have Cook and. Oh, Havili, Haveli? Who's the both in the Raiders?
0: Yeah, Havili. But Havili's coming up to probably needing to um, possibly be traded out soon as well. So, yeah, I mean. So, so m- m-
1: most people have. I think pretty much everyone has um, Smith and Cook or Cook and Havili. So the people who own Havili, they ain't going to be going to him. They're going to be going to Smith. So I don't think he'll be in too many teams, dude.
0: Yeah, that's true. I'm still interested to see whether he gets 80 minutes with that bench. I'm not too sure who would be playing hooker. And, of course, the immortal Bryce Cartwright needs to be mentioned here. He either scores five or 50 points these days, depending on what week. So... He's he's going for me this week. He, he's absolutely dead to me.
1: Yeah, mate, I think he was dead from round one.
0: Yeah, he was. Um, he should have. He had every opportunity, but he's gone poorly. This next game is one that you can tell us all about, Billy. Parramatta Eels versus Manly Sea Eagles. We've got Jared Hayne returning on the wing for Bevan French, who was dropped after taking one hit up last week. Brad Terekangi is back. He's playing centre for Arva, who has been dropped as well. Kaiser Pritchard is also in reserve grade with Cam Smith resuming hooking duties. We've got Kane Evans starting at prop, shifting Terrapo to lock with Moriara. Moria. I'm uh, having a shocker with the pronunciations of your team, Billy. Moriara. Oh, that's, that's I mate. Mean. <laughs> getting dropped with his concussion. Uh, and
1: at, least we're, you get, at, least, at least you got the light the dark guys I'm sort of, uh, of commentators couldn't do over there.
0: Uh oh, there's been some good calls lately on the names. Uh Will Smith and Gower are actually back on the bench with both Scott dropped to reserves as well. So there's been a massive changes for the Eagles Billy. Is that gonna get you a win well, against the Seagulls?
1: No, it's not. <laughs> 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 we need we we need to do something and, and Ted said I reckon the only reason, um, what's his name, uh, French had one had one hit up last week's boy probably threw in a ball and um, probably probably tackled him without it. <laughs> <laughs> dead set, the work did nothing last week, so he deserves to be dropped. I if I'm gonna be excited about anyone this week, I'm kind of interested um, don't laugh, but I'm, I'm kind of interested to see how Hain goes on the actual wing because he can be as lazy as he wants out there, but if he can just pick up um, you know, a couple a couple of attacking stats if, if the guys pick up. he'll be will be interested to watch and see what happens over the next few weeks. If he picks his act up, he, he's almost rock bottom dollar. He might be a decent sort of buy pick up for a, a few points when other teams are completely depleted. Interesting to see what happens with Gutho over the next few weeks. I mean, does he get does he get the um the goal kicking back and does he does he drop enough coin to, to warrant it? Brown will be back soon. Other than those guys, I'm not really interested in anyone else apart from seeing how that Jennings goes. Does mainly leak enough points. On, on the edges for anyone to consider Jennings as a smoky to um, play at home. I know it's the I know it's the oils, but if you if you're desperate and you had to choose between two people, would you choose to play Jennings or would you uh, Would you play someone like the gozluski or Jax or what?
0: Well, I think Jax's form has just been so good that you basically have to play him if you're talking about him against some of these other rookie sort of guys but if it was you know Jennings versus Goz I'd probably play Jennings actually because I mean Manly had a heap of points put on them by the Tigers last week and the Tigers have played well but they haven't played well by scoring a lot of points and they're up 26 nil at the half and they were breaking down those edges and I'm trying to remember what edge that Masters was on because it was a couple times on that side that they went down and smashed it but the, the defence in the Manly centre wing isn't great at all, especially at the moment. So, But the interesting with George Jennings, interesting thing this week is I was surprised. He was playing outside his brother, Michael Jennings, and they've actually put Jared Hayne and Michael Jennings together and put George Jennings on the other wing now with Brad Takarangi. So I'm not sure why they did that. Yeah, no idea. <laughs> Here I was the Eels fan, I have all the inside info. Well, let's talk about the, uh, um, the Seagulls. Most of my weekend. Most
1: of, I mean, I've got kids that don't want to ruin, ruin any more on my weekends by watching the Eels. Not at the moment.
0: <laughs> well, mainly are completely unchanged after last week, which is interesting because, obviously, they got absolutely towed up. So it would be interesting how they respond. I tend to think that this might be a game, though, where Tom Trubojevic and DCE kind of run the show and have potential for big games. So that's probably a yeah. couple of big watches for me. Dylan Walker's an interesting Smokey. I reckon I'm going to call Dylan Walker for a try this week and a return to form. You reckon? Yeah, against the Eels, I reckon he's gonna score
1: a try, mate. I think twelve out of the starting thirteen might score a try. Yeah, he, he stung me last year, that piece of shit. I think he went on a tear last year where he'd had a couple of um, massive scores and absolutely destroyed the a um, couple of head to head head to head matchups and I kinda of figured, well, he he plays uh, around 18, 19. He might be a decent pick-up for the the run home. And he preceded the score to the 20s for the rest of the year when he was priced to the 500 or something. So, yeah, look, he's, he's one of those blokes where... Actually, I think he might have been kicking last year as well. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, he was. So, um,
0: then he lost the kicking duties a bit later when he hurt himself.
1: Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying why, like, mate.
0: I'm just saying he's going to score a try. So don't worry too much. We're not going to be buying Dylan Walker, I don't think. But...
1: Yeah, what, right. next, no, forget it, next
0: But one guy I will mention before we move to the final game is I do have my eye on Uarte, who was an absolute shocker on the weekend But hear me out, he's getting towards next to nothing He's like 240 grand, Billy He's going to be rookie price soon So, I mean, he's yeah, going to It's for a reason, mate Mate, you know that at some point Uate's going to bang out a double, and he's just going to make hundred grand in two weeks like that. It's going to happen. He's he's going to he's a try scorer. He's going to do it. And one of the appealing things to to me, like it, it's a completely dirty pick. Like it, it's filthy to have to pick up someone like Uarte. But he if he gets down to two hundred twenty grand, and he plays round thirteen by, he's an extra number there. And you know that at some point he's going to score a double. It looks pretty good to me. I mean, at the end of the day, if Uarte was a rookie coming in the first grade and he played a couple of games and he had a, you know, a minus 10 BE or something, guys would be all over it. It's just because Uarte has been stinking it up all season that people don't want to do it. But he's going to get down to that low price. So, that's... All season, he's
1: been stinking it up for about
0: five years. Uh, yeah, but he has his little runs. And you know what? Now that I've said all that, he's going to put a hat trick on the eels and no one's going to be able to buy him anyway. So. How are
1: no, he's not. I know he's not. so is he.
0: Yeah, he's pretty bad. All right, we'll move on to the final game of the round, the uh, Cronulla Sharks versus the Penrith Panthers. So this one here, Cronulla lost Paul Gallon to his knee injury, Wade Gray to the hamstring. So we've got Kurt Capewell who's starting in the back row and Paul Locke, which is interesting. Scott Sorensen and James Seguiara are the new names on the bench. So the big one here is Andrew Fita actually got named to start. And so did Luke Lewis. Yeah, and, <laughs> that's already
1: pissing a few people off, particularly uh, Dean.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, there, there's a lot of people annoyed about Fafita. That's for sure. But um, it's a bit of a hard one because they're playing the last the last game of the round. So whether that's Fafita true. plays or not, it's just it's it's a real hard one. I guess probably the good thing is if you do have a Penrith Ford or even just a Penrith Reserve, uh, you can flick off before the game from say a. You yeah, know, James Fisher-Harris, for example, or even a kick-out straight on to Fafita. So I guess that that yeah. might work out okay. That would probably be what I would be doing. Penrith have got DWZ returning from his broken jaw, which just replaces Josh Mansour, who's got his broken cheekbone. And uh, CHN, we've got in the centres with uh, Yo returning to the pack. CHN absolutely carved it up in the centres last week. What's his price? It's going to be expensive, but I tell you what, watching him last oh, okay. week...
1: Yeah, I thought I wasn't sure how many how many games he um, actually played off the bench already. I thought thought he might have dropped a bit in price after that um, hefty starting price tag. But if he hasn't, then yeah, forget it.
0: Look, he's not hugely expensive, but he's 300, 390 odd k, so it's still too much to invest. But I mean, he is. Oh, I disagree. I don't think that's too much,
1: especially with the price increases. That's probably like a what a two seventy or two eighty on last year's numbers. That's pretty. It's pretty decent. It's only 100k more than your, your your bargain basement price.
0: Well, he does have 104 points um, that he scored last week against the Titans in his rolling average, so it could be a bit of a pod pod move. He's a slight minus BE at the moment as well, though, so it's probably the week that but, you uh, wanted to do it. Who, who who do they play this week? This is uh, against the Sharks. This is a final round one, so he's got the Sharks yeah, this so week.
1: The, yeah, so they're playing a depleted Sharks forward pack. It could be. Could be interesting. I'm more interested in a kick out this week, but yeah, if you wanted a smoky, CHN maybe, but yeah, I think there's too many other better options Just week to worry about him.
0: So I'll give you a call for this one, Billy. A smoky for you. James yep. Maloney to exact revenge on his former club and Shane Flanagan for not re signing him. Two weeks in a row, double tons.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't put it past him, especially now that he's got the kicking.
0: Yeah, this one could be a really tough one for the Sharks. So, um, yeah, it should be... Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching this one. Kick-out will be really good against the depleted forward pack. So, Billy, that pretty much wraps it up for TLT as well. Thanks for jumping on the pod again. I hope you uh, have a good week in Supercoach.
1: Yes, mate. I need a bit of change of fortune, but I appreciate the uh, optimism. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I reckon that you'll do better than the Eels anyway, hey?
1: Yeah. I'll see you later.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Billy. All right, everyone. No worries, buddy. So... You can download us on iTunes, also SoundCloud, and you can follow us on NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars on Twitter. But otherwise, we'll be back next week with uh, market watching Watch and TLT, same time. Thanks very much for tuning in, and good luck with everyone's captaincy choices this week. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get paid.